the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and we are going to break down 18 holes, 18 bets from this week's Crown Plaza Invitational at Colonial Country Club. But first, we'll also break down this past week's PGA Championship where <laughs> we were both on hand to watch Brooks Kepka win a fifth career major championship. We'll get to that in just a second, Benny. But first, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast Proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Benny, next time we have a major championship... When we break down all the numbers and look at all the data and try to find some good prices, remind me these three little words, just bet Brooks. That would have worked really well if we got that reminder last week. Uh, yeah, look, we have to we have to front up and, and take the music, mate. We both had one guy who opened up with an 80. Uh, sung to him, he absolutely smashed us last week. And look... To the listeners out there, and I know this is no help afterwards, but we did get word late before the first uh, round that he was looking a little dodgy, a little stiff and a little sore from his trip to uh, Korea where he'd won. It was not enough information to sort of suggest, well, definitely get off him. Um, But it turned out that maybe that was a bit of mail that that came late that would have been nice to know earlier when we did that pod. Um, He's usually the Iron Man, Sungjae, but terrible to start and... We, we we have to all we have to do is cop that one, mate. I suppose we were we were way off. Yeah, that's uh, our bad. Um, look, <laughs> we're gonna get everything right. I don't know. I'm one for two. I picked Rom at the Masters, so I, I'm one for two at the majors. But no, yeah. look, uh, we owe an apology. We'll give you your money back for that uh, Sunjay bet. Not not your money back on the bets you lost, but your money back on uh, everything you paid to listen to this podcast <laughs> last week. Just uh, <laughs> send Benny the receipts. He'll take care. of it. <laughs> Yeah, about it. I, we we get that you know we're trying to help everybody out there yep. we certainly don't want to give you uh bad analysis Correct. bad information we're trying to help uh the times when we're both on the same player uh recently that's meant a really good thing if you and i both like a guy a lot going into an event uh tony finau is a great example about four weeks ago at the mexico open mm-hmm. we've been pretty on we both just absolutely swung and missed at sunjay so Hopefully, like myself, you guys out there hit Brooks Kepka Sunday morning when uh, that was I, I got him at even Monday money Sunday morning. You might have been able to get him at a little bit better than that plus money uh, in some spots, but at least I'd say that week a little bit. To be fair, mate. To be fair, a lot of your other picks and some of our other picks the week they did very well at the PGA. It was just that big swing that you mentioned that we might have whiffed on a little, but uh, I remember you talking up. Keegan Bradley and me, Corey Connors, as long shots. They hung in there a while. Obviously didn't get it done in the end, but were pretty pretty impressive for the most part during the week. Um, you gave my, my man Cam Davis some love. He ended up with a Sunday surge. So these are the sort of things that, um, as I said, stick around for the whole pod. You'll get something good out of us every week. Yes. 
Good point. All right, let's get to our picks for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Colonial, you know it, you love it, you see it. Every single year, just over 7,200 yards, plays as one of the shorter golf courses. Uh, what I like about Colonial is that uh, some of the same names year after year, so it's fairly predictive. There are also some really good comp courses in Wiley, which hosts the Sony Open, Harbortown, host of the RBC Heritage, and TPC River Highlands, host of the Travelers Championship. So I think if you look at around it, those three events over the last couple of years, you can find some names that should be on this leaderboard as well. Like I said, 18 holes, making 18 bets as we do every single week during the PGA Tour season. Ben Everill, you're on the tee. You may now swing away. All right. Well, I'm just going to go into something real quick first. We've talked about what to do the weeks before a major this season. What about the weeks after? Are we valuing momentum or are we valuing rest? Are we thinking about whether a guy was flying and went within a whisker of winning, say Victor Hovland? Or are we suggesting that the mental load, et cetera, that he had will be hard for him to back up from? So we have had this tournament be right after the PGA three times uh, in the last four years, except for the COVID year, I went back and had a look. And the trend is essentially uh, the guys that were right up in the mix at the PGA tend to struggle when they back up um, in terms of winning, right? Like uh, the guys that are sort of around the T20 to T40 do do well coming into Colonial. And then also we have guys who either didn't play or missed the cut do very well. So a little bit of caution there with the top numbers this week especially the two guys who were runner-up uh, in Scheffler and Hovland. I really like, obviously, both of them as golfers. I think it's a danger week for them. And I think at their numbers, you might want to be holding off a little bit, especially at a plus 400 favorite in, in Scotty Scheffler. I would throw in, and that's some great information, Ben. I would throw in, especially in this scenario, when that PGA Championship last week in Oak Hill looked oh. more like a U.S. Open than a PGA Championship. If you're ever going to be absolutely wiped out after a PGA, it was that one last week. Yeah, and so that that does give me a little concern with literally the two runners up because of their numbers as well. Plus 400 favorite, uh, Scheffler, who was in the mix the entire week. So he was in the mental load the entire week. Hovland was really in it on Sunday and spent some time with him after. He was very disappointed and uh, it'd be tough to see him not feeling a little jaded. I know we've got a few days before it starts again, but it would be tough for me to think that there's not going to be some sort of letdown over the four rounds at some point for him. But I, I digress. Let me get into my first pick. Uh, right. And after saying all that, I like a guy who was fourth at the PGA, but never really in contention and never, and never, never in contention, never really had a mental load, never really felt it at all, despite finishing fourth. And that's my man, Cam Davis, Cam Davis. He's right on the swing of this trend. I was telling you about, Essentially, it comes down to, did you have to feel the heat of competition? Did you feel uh, the hammer? And no, he didn't even really feel the hammer of finishing top 10 because it was sort of a sneaky last round surge up where other guys faltered on a tough course. He went out very early. Uh, so with that in mind, the fact that he ranks 11th in uh, relation to par from 150 to 175 yards, that's our sweet spot this week. 29th on tours, Tita Green, more than good enough. Now, one thing to be worried about, he ranks 155th in putting. This course, the winners have been top 10 in putting the last seven years straight. Mm. I will say this. I looked at his last four starts. He's improved his putting since he's been well. We talked about how he was sick at the start of the year. It's not top 10 level stuff, but it's much better. 
It's on the improve. So if he has an above average week on the greens that he could normally have, I expect him to do well. He was had his best, sorry, he had his best putting week last year at Colonial, his, or his second best putting week at Colonial and finished in the top 10. So I think that it's a course he likes. I think that he'll take momentum and not gassed energy from the PGA. Okay. Uh, I like all that analysis. I have got Davis on my list this week, so I'm going to move him from the hole I had him on to the second hole here, and I will give you Cam Davis, first-round leader at 45-1. to And so I base this on the fact that he shot a 65, which tied the low score of the PGA Championship on Sunday, hoping he keeps his foot down on the accelerator. It's very interesting to me, Benny, because Cam Davis is a guy who does more of his damage with the driver than any other club in the bag. Mm -hmm. And yet he's played really well at colonial and some of the other comp courses that are shorter courses. I wouldn't think these are Cam Davis type course. I'm looking for him at the rocket mortgage classic at the three M open places where he can go bang away and not really worry about where it's going. But no, these courses have uh, look, he's played pretty well at the Sony. He's played really well at the RBC heritage seventh last year at colonial. And so these courses tend to fit his game. I think that at some point, based on that long week at the PGA, he might run out of gas a little bit. But uh, to step on the gas pedal just a few days after that 65, I like him for a first-round leader play again at 45 to 1 for Cam Davis. Let me give you guys a little bit of insight on Davis and his psyche. Um, essentially, he can be, and he even looks like a young version of, John Senden back in the Australian days where it was yeah, just a right. striker, whatever. He He had that game coming through. A little bit vanilla, if you want to call it that. Nothing exciting, not making as many putts as he should from close approaches, etc. And then when he got to tour, he realized, oh, I have to be a bit more aggressive. I have the game in it. I know it. He can he he can bomb the ball. He was holding himself back. And then he had this, this period where he goes, I've got to be more like Phil Mickelson type and just take it on and and not be so worried about what might happen. And he went through a phase where he tried that. And it was a bit too reckless and he got things moving a bit too far right to left. So now over the last few years has been all about growing up and bringing in sort of a mix of those two, um, not being too straight and narrow, but also picking his moments for when to attack. And that's that's the evolution of Cam Davis. And he that's why we're seeing him become that better player. He's, he's marrying those two things up, figuring out what his, what his style is going to be. Um, and that's what I think he, he's only going to get better. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty cool to see over the next two, three years. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the third hole for you. All right. Third, well, you went first round leader, so I'll just jump in there as well, right? This is the one place, and I'm not saying do it, but this is the one place you might think of Victor Hovland at 25 to 1. If you think he's got any any hope of carrying on momentum, then I would say do, do that. But I don't think, I, as I said, I fear for him. I love him. I love his caddy Shea, the Aussie Shea Knight. I hope they have a rebound week. I hope I'm completely wrong. I just feel like there has to be a gas gassing point at some at some yeah. somewhere. And look, he's the reason I say this is where you get him is because he is second in first round scoring on the PGA Tour, Victor Hovland this year. Behind, of course, Scotty Scheffler, the other guy I'm saying is probably going to tank a little in this thing. So that's where you might see the value in the two of them. But I like a different guy that played half decent last week, but again, didn't really forge his way he threatened but didn't actually get right up there into contention hard and he's 35 to 1 going off in the morning wave and that's veteran justin rose yeah i think rose is a nice player this week he's very interesting a past champion at colonial the ball striking has been really good i think 
he finally got into the spotlight a little bit last week, maybe playing with Michael Block. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think that playing with Michael Block on Saturday finally put <laughs> Justin Rose in the spotlight a little bit, but he's been playing some great golf, not just the win at Pebble Beach, but this is really five events in a row over the last two months where he's playing some really strong golf. And I think it was finally highlighted at the PGA. And I would expect a lot of people looking at Rose this week. And I don't see Rose, the guy that is going to get too flummoxed by the fact that, Hey, I just had a long week at Oak Hill and now I've got to bounce back. He's been doing this long enough that it shouldn't affect him too much. So I don't have Rose anywhere, but I do like Rose a little bit this week. All right. Fourth hole. Benny, I kept going back and forth. My favorite long shot outright. And I was like, him. Wait, no, him. No, 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 him. And so you know what? I'm just making it two guys. And I'm going with two long shot outright plays. The first one is a guy who missed the cut last week, but has played really well recently. A couple of top 10 finishes in the last month or so, a month and a half. Emiliano Grillo, who's got a really nice track record as well at Colonial with three top 20s and six starts. Uh, he's playing some good golf. He can absolutely win this golf tournament. He's a good iron player. Not always the greatest putter, but if he starts getting that that putter rolling pretty well, which he's done a little bit recently, I think he's a, a very strong play on every platform. And then the other guy, I think we tend to look at Eric Cole, sort of in the same way we looked at Michael Block, like, oh, what a, what a cute feel-good story. <laughs> That's nice that he's a 34-year-old rookie and he's making paychecks. It's really good. Talking to other PGA Tour players, like, nah, like, this dude's, like, legit really, really good. The Honda Classic was not the last of we'll, what we'll see of Eric Cole in contention. This guy's a legit gamer. He's won hundreds, literally hundreds of events on the mini tour circuit. He's 90-1 to 1 this week. I think Eric Cole has a game to win a golf tournament like this one. Uh, driver is probably the club that hurts him the most in the bag. You don't need driver everywhere on this golf course. Uh, the irons and especially the putter are really good. I will have a lot of Eric Cole as well. Yeah, I think he last week is a huge learning curve for him. Uh, he had that sort of overnight lead, as we know, when the first round wasn't finished, came back and um, had that iron into six and put it in the water uh, and then not, never sort of threatened from that point on, but still stayed up and around the top 10, top 15 for most of that week. So the one thing I hear from guys as well about him, like you said, is no, you can tell he's a winner. Like you can yeah, tell, yeah. and it might just, it might've been at a lower level, but it doesn't matter. There are guys out there that when they get a sniff, they at least know how to try to get it done. Um, a great example of that in the Aussie realm that you might even forgotten. It was a guy like Nick Flanagan, won the yes. USM, but, and then would get in, he would either win the corn ferry tour or miss the cut by five, you know, like he just, that's the, that's the type of player that I think Eric Cole can be. Um, Anyway, you mentioned um, you get forcing me into it into my next hole here. Uh, the player markets at Bet365. You mentioned Emiliano Grill, 47th or better you can get him for this week. I think that's almost a smash play. Uh, six from seven making the cut there at Colonial. And the only time he missed was when they moved it to the June, uh, ju- June during the COVID year. Made the cut every other time. Uh, t- tied eighth and solo third, T19, T25, like T24. He is. Played well there every single time. Uh, I saw that as the one that just beaconed at me uh, in that player market stuff. 47 or better, Emiliano Grau at the minus 120 juice number. Yeah, uh, I like that play. I think that's a, that's a smash play. Look, I'm I'm actually probably more confident in that play from you than I am in my player market bet, the player <laughs> finishing position bets at Bet365. This one 
I'm giving it to you for this week at Colonial. It's more of a keep an eye on this guy because I, I watched him on the range, talked to him a little bit last week. Um, I, I just think things are going to start coming together. I know it's been a really tough start to the year, tough four and a half months for Billy Horschel. He has yeah. not played very well, especially in terms of this is a guy who coming into the year, we thought had a chance to make the American Ryder Cup team. He's not even close to doing that right now. The, and the, what gets me is the iron play has not been great, but I saw him working with his coach, Todd Anderson at Oak Hill last week. I, I just get the sense that it's going to turn around for Billy and Billy's always been a momentum guy so that when we see it start to turn around, jump on it. Now I've got him for this week, 55th or better. So essentially just make the cut at Mm -hmm. colonial this week. And he should be paying off those minus 120 player finishing position bets. Uh, Again, it's not one where I'd say smash it by any means, especially at minus 120, but it's more of a reminder like, Hey guys, Billy Horschel, is going to be a really good value on the board when we start to see him turn it around. I think it could be this week. He's got a decent track record. Four of five career starts have been better than 55th at Colonial. This could be a week where he starts to play better and where we're looking at him over the next month, month and a half as a guy who could win. And when he wins, he might win at a 50 or 60 to one number. And we go, oh man, why didn't we not play Billy Horschel who's starting to play better at that kind of number? Yeah, and look, those who remember, it wasn't that long ago that he absolutely destroyed everyone at Memorial with a ball strike and clinic. Uh, I know he'll be eyeing off trying to, and, and generally speaking, he's one of those guys that's you've got to keep an eye on in a US Open too when he has the ball striking going. So if you can get it going this week into the next month, he does become a bit of a smoky at a good number. You're right. Um, okay, let's go to, I'm going to go to another veteran, if you will, for a top 10 play. Uh, it's been a run of near misses of late for this guy, but I think that trend will continue at Colonial. <laughs> we'll have a near miss and be in the top 10, and that's uh, member Ryan Palmer. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the plus 550 or so that you can get for top 10 is re- is reasonable. He played in the final group on Sunday at the AT&T Byron Nelson, settled for T8, top 10. And just on Monday yesterday, or uh, when he was going for his spot in the US Open at the Texas sectional, he was one shot off getting into a playoff for that. Um, he's 13th on on tour in relation to uh, par on approach shots from that 150 to 175 yards. He's got a little bit of momentum from, as I said, playing and he's at his home home course. He's done well there in the past. Hasn't won it, but always seems to be there or thereabouts. So I think there's some value there for a top 10 in Ryan Palmer. Yeah, I think uh, Ryan Palmer makes a nice play this week, as you mentioned. Uh, four top 10, six top 25s in 19 career starts. Nobody knows this golf course better than Ryan Palmer, who uh, played really well. He was in contention at the Nelson a few weeks ago. So you, you start getting to this point in your career where Ryan Palmer is right now in his 40s, and you start going, all right, what means the most to me? And it's yeah. not that he's not going to play well at a major, but it might be past the point where Ryan Palmer's thinking about winning a major. So it's, hey, I want to go out and play my best in the events that mean the most. This one means the most to him. I would expect him to have a little more motivation this week. All right. I haven't got to any of my prop plays yet. I'm going to, I'm going to save those top five, top 10, 20, 40 for the back nine here. But uh, on the eighth hole, I'll get to my matchup play. You mentioned Victor Hovland. You mentioned he might be a little bit of a fade for you. He is absolutely a fade for me this week. Victor, uh, uncharacteristically after hitting that 16th hole bunker shot into the lip, very much like Corey Connors making double bogey, essentially taking himself out of contention at the PGA a few days ago. 
he was despondent afterwards. He did limited interviews after the round. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I was almost surprised because Victor always seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Um, He's a guy that I would have thought would lose a major and kind of go, well, I tried my best and we'll go get him next time. I was, and and don't get me wrong, I was pleasantly surprised at how much it seemed to affect him in the aftermath because he was pissed off. And rightly so. I get it. Like, I, I don't want a guy who's happy-go-lucky in the moment after not winning a major. I'm, I was I was sort of a little pleased to see Victor Hovland pissed off. That said, Victor does a lot of his damage with the mid and long irons. I, I think he's, if not the best in the game, one of the best in the game with a five iron in his hands. This is not a course where you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of approach shots from 100 to 150 yards. Not that he's not good at those. He's certainly good at those too, but... I think it neutralizes his advantage, his advantage. And I also just think that there there's a little, there's a little scar tissue built up from last week and he's going to yeah. be a little down on himself. I am going to take Colin Morikawa, even money over Victor Hovland. I did not like Morikawa last week. Most of that was based on the fact that I watched him miss the cut at the Wells Fargo and his putting stroke looked horrendous. I watched a lot of Morikawa this past week and his putting stroke looked really good. He has had the ability over the first few years of his career to figure things out. Remember Benny a couple of years ago, he had never played Lynx golf, went to the Scottish open, missed the cut by a mile and said, I don't really understand Lynx golf. The, the way my club goes to the ball, it's so much different. I can't figure it out. A week later, he won the Claret chug. I yeah. mean, it was remarkable how, how quickly he fixed things. So for him to go from, I uh, putter looked terrible to two weeks later, putter looked really good for me. I am of a clear conscience that I can pick Colin Morikawa knowing that the putter has been at least fixed to the extent where he can play well this week. So Morikawa, even money over hub. Well, I remember last year we were having a discussion on the pod and I forget the exact player is probably Thomas or, you know, there were three big names that we even suggested this might be the week to, to parlay into a miscut. These big names at big numbers it's it's a lottery pick because i think in the end it was mito that made the cut and we thought he was the one that wasn't part of him that wouldn't right but honestly if you're looking for a little throwaway one this is the week where something crazy like hovland and scheffler both missing could happen like i know it's only 120 guys it might not but if it's ever going to happen it would be this week and basically you'll never see it happen again the two of them doing it together at the same week. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you could just got to think about these things and not, this is what well, you and I talk about this all the time. There's plenty of people in this industry that just go straight down the number barrel, just give you their, throw the numbers into the machine and say, this guy plays well here, this guy does that. You do have to factor a human element. You know, it's just that's golf. And whether it be the result from the, the week before or, or whether it be like we said, we saw Jason Day, he was just gassed gassed when we actually got to talk to him at Oak Hill and he didn't play practice around and you know I had mentioned that he was a chance to in in the pod to continue it on but once we talked to him that was never happening that was you know those are the things you've got to keep an eye on in the lead up to events and just so no one thinks this is a uh you know just criticize Victor Hovland thing right here I don't like him this week I could see myself picking him next week at the memorial I think that's a really good course for him so this is not a long-term fade Hovland kind of thing. This is just a this week, one week only a little strange to me that he's even playing this week. And that's always a red flag for me. Like why is Victor Hovland playing colonial? Like it 
doesn't seem like his kind of place, doesn't seem like his kind of course, and wouldn't surprise me if he's going home, like you said, on Friday afternoon. But uh, I think he could bounce back. And I especially like him better at Memorial if he does miss the cut this week. So that's another thing I'm looking <laughs> yes. at. I'm hoping for him to miss the cut, not only because I might have a missed cut play, but because I think that'll help us jump on him the next week at Memorial as well, get a better number. Yeah, and I think you should watch him for the U.S. Open as well because he'll be definitely determined. Okay, folks, summer is nearly here, so let's talk about Shady Rays, friends of the Action Podcast family. Shady Rays is an independent company offering world-class polarized sunglasses just as good as any expensive pair you've worn. And like our unshakable gambling spirits, their frames are incredibly durable. Plus, Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose your shades or break them even a minute after they arrive, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, that's fine. Nobody gets mad. Just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. It's not like betting the Devils or the Knicks, for example. So exclusively for our podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. But anyway, let's go on to the ninth hole here. You've done your long shots. So let me throw one at you. Uh, as I said, it's 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 a tee to green course. You've got to you know place your ball and get on the green, but you also have to putt. So when I saw two hundred and fifty to one on the guy second on tour in strokes gained putting, I, that's a long shot worth having a crack at. You know, I reckon, and that is Sam Ryder. He's had some struggles on the tee to green, um, but I said he's the importance of putting historically at Colonial. It's a nice juicy number. If you're second in strokes game putting, keep it in play a little bit more often this week because he doesn't have to worry about smashing it as far as others other weeks. A, not that far removed from a T3 at Valero, Texas Open. Sam Ryder for me is a great long shot. Sam Ryder is 250 to one. This one slipped through the cracks for me. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, Benny. He's coming. This I is think a I perfect. Two, 225 to one now, but yeah. Oh, okay. uh, it just went down. People are listening. It went down already. It's <laughs> shorter as we're talking. It's a yeah, live so podcast, apparently. Uh, Benny, this is the epitome of what I like to see in a long shot play, because yeah. I know some people look at it and go, yeah, but he missed the cut his last three starts. That's true. And the start before that in Texas, by the way, yep. finished in third place back at Torrey Pines earlier this year, finished in fourth place. He was right there, uh, mm -hmm. in the league going into Sunday, I believe. And so yep. what I want in a long shot play, if I'm betting a guy at triple digits, literally just for an outright play, not for a top 10, not for a top 20, I want the high ceiling. I don't care about the floor. Look, yeah. if he finishes in second, I lose my money. Yeah. It's not a winning bet. So you want him to win. I want some win equity here. Sam Ryder has that win equity at that number. I, I think that's a really smart play, Benny. There you go. So yeah, I saw that and thought, wow, if he puts the dots off it, that's such, that's an incredible value. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. All right. I like that. We'll get to, uh, I've got a whole bunch of prop plays left for you on the back nine, but one more reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION 
To get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer, bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets, must be 21 or older, offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we get to the back nine at Colonial Country Club, and I will get to all the prop plays I left on the board here. And I'll start with the top five, and look, I like everything about the player except the course history. Russell Henley, I think, is one of the more underrated players on the PGA Tour. I never hear anyone talking about him. The ball striking has not been as good this year as it's been in past years, but he's gained strokes with his irons in his last five starts over that span, a fourth place at Augusta National, a couple other top 20s. He's playing some really good golf. The one hesitation I have is that he's only played Colonial once in his lengthy career. That, to me, is a little strange. This feels like a really nice marriage of player and golf course. And the fact that Russell Henley has only made one start back in 2018, made the cut, didn't play that well, that's kind of strange to me. This should be a really good setup for Russell Henley. I will take him for a top five at plus 750. Yeah, well, that's a juicy number. So we'll see see how that pans out. You mentioned... Um, you know, a good fit to the golf course and how it plays. Uh, my top 40 play this week, and I'll, I'll preface it saying this, I start, I started at plus numbers only. <laughs> when it comes to yeah. top 40, uh, yeah. I could give you a million you guys. Scotty Scheffler for a top 40 this week. Yeah, huh? yeah right. <laughs> I give you a million guys in the minus. And even like the minus 150, 170 reason, I think are good. But I saw one guy whose game literally matches the metrics, if you will, the whole data golf and whatnot, ever. He met, this course is supposed to be for him. He's also a mate of mine, plus 190, Aaron Badley. Uh, I think that you got some value there. You can essentially have some fun with that. Um, distance, obviously, not an issue this week, as we talked about. He just has to get it in play, get on the green, and you let that one handed uh, putter stroke get going. You know, he just used to one quick look, smash it in, and Bads will have fun this week. So that, that was a value top 40 I saw. Uh, getting into the 12th hole, you're going to start seeing a definitive trend in my next few picks here because uh, <laughs> they all fall along the same lines as far as the data and the metrics. But we get to the 12th hole. When you're talking Tom Hoagie, you're talking ball striker. Yeah. Uh, Tom has, in the last two weeks, fallen from first in strokes gain approach shots to second last week. And now he's all the way down at third place on the <laughs> list. Oh, my God. The guy can't hit an iron shot. What's wrong with Tom Hoagie? I actually... He gained more than a stroke per round with his irons last week at Oak Hill. So it wasn't bad. He just got passed by a couple other guys. And those two guys are Morikawa and Scheffler, by the way. It's yeah. not like he was passed <laughs> by two guys who like, like, who are they? Uh, Tom Hoagie, though, uh, TCU grad, went to school just down the street. This one should mean a lot to him. He hasn't played his best golf here in the past, but he's a better golfer than he was in the past. Top 10 plus 500, five to one for Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I think he'll do excellent this week because I've not picked him anywhere. And I've picked him 100 times this year, it feels like, and hasn't necessarily come through yet. Uh, so I'm clearing the deck so that he can be brilliant. Um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, all right, uh, I'll give you my top 20 play. And the same, similar as you now, this is where I am starting to go into some metrics and some uh, how this course should play and has in the past because it's somewhat predictable, the course, having played there a lot on tour. Uh, I was hoping for higher odds than this, at the anywhere between plus 200 to plus 250 for this guy. Uh, but look, 10th on tour, strokes gain putting, reasonably midfield, 70th or so, strokes gain, TD green, 12th in driving accuracy, which is important. 
T8 and third in the last two years at Colonial. 33rd on tour in relation to par from 150, 175 yards. Brendan Todd is a guy that is built for this place. I think that, um, again, will he win the tournament? Probably not. Might you see his name pop up, though, near the top of the leaderboard uh, in the first round or so? Yeah, possibly. If he goes out, I'm blanking here, but he might be one of the very early guys out. If that's the case, I could see him starting pretty reasonable uh, and then hanging around, sniffing around that top 10, top 20 all week. Perfect kind of course for Brendan Todd. As you mentioned, there's some history there. But anytime we're playing a course at 7,200 or less, it's Brendan Todd time because that's exactly the kind of course that he smashes at. All right. Uh, 14th hole, another guy who's just a ball striker. This guy I've liked for a long time because his iron game is essentially better than anyone else's iron game who's not a superstar. And that's Matthew Neesmith. Now, there there were a few guys coming into this year, Benny, who I really liked that didn't quite pop at the beginning of the year. Cam Davis is a guy that was like, I mean, I had him massively high. I thought he was going to be a top 20 player in the world this yeah. year. Yeah. Now, obviously the illness, the first six events of the year didn't play well. We're starting to see it though. Top tens yeah. of the players and last week at the PGA. Uh, Taylor Pendrith is a guy I'm really bullish on. It's been like back and forth a little bit. Hasn't been great. I still think he's going to have a really good summer coming up. Matthew Neesmith is a guy who did not play well. I think missed the cut in six of his first eight starts. It's coming around though. And it's coming around in a hurry. Uh, He was fourth uh, in the team event at the Zurich classic since then 35th of the Wells Fargo 30th at the Nelson 23rd last week at the Byron Nels at the, uh, excuse me, PGA. And he's gained strokes with those irons. The iron play is coming around in each of those events. I'll take Matthew Neesmith to move just a little bit higher, a couple notches higher on the leaderboard, top 20, much like Hoagie for a top 10, same number, five to one plus 500. Okay. Top five. This guy was in, was one of my guys to one of my outrights until I uh, snuck the Aussie Cam Davis in ahead of him. Uh, this is not a good number because he's one of the favorites up near the top. But Tony Finau, I think, is rested from the PGA, not having played that well there. Backhand, back of the uh, pack uh, on the weekend. Birdie or, birdie or better percentage from 150 to 175. He's 26th on tour. Uh, when you turn that into scoring, he's 14th on tour. Uh, as I said, never really in the mix at Oak Hill, so his mental load wasn't heavily taxed. Won recently in Mexico. Fourth strokes gained approach and Tita Green on tour. 64th in putting, but if he has a decent week, will be a serious contender. I have him as a top five option this week. Eddie, I'm starting to wonder if you and I have the same outright play again this week because there's a name we haven't either of us mentioned yet. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, and last week, look, a few weeks ago, we each had Tony Finau in Mexico. That worked really well. Last week, we each had Sunjay M at the PGA. That did not work well. You and I spent a lot of time hanging out together at the PGA last week in Rochester. We may be sharing a brain at this point. If we have the same outright pick again, I don't know if I like that. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Maybe it's an on-again, off-again kind of thing. We'll get to that in just a minute, as we always do with the last two holes that we play. Meanwhile, 16th hole, in very much the same vein that Sahith Gala and Davis Riley were undervalued throughout their entire rookie seasons last year. And if you knew golf and you knew what was going on, you could find them for good prop numbers. I don't think the odds makers have quite warmed up to Akshay Bhatia yet. This yeah. kid is really good, and this kid's a terrific ball striker. 
I don't know that I'm going to take him for an outright, even though it's a big outright number. But for a top 40 play at plus 150, I like yeah. Akshay to hit his hit those irons really well again this week and just to be around on the weekend. 150, yeah, that's absolutely. The plus number on Bartia, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I stopped at the – obviously, I went from – you know, I was going from the bottom up and stopped at 190 for bed. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, plus 150. That's that's a good number for that kid. He he will win sometime in the next 18 months. I'll, I'll say that. But like either this season or next, he is a winner on tour. No doubt about it in my mind. Um, and now in terms of winner, we'll go to right. my winner. Here we go. 17th pole. Uh, how do I put this? This is a person who for some people has been under a cloud the last few weeks. But not for me. I think that there was proof that he is absolutely fine, 100% fit, and will play very well in his native Texas. Jordan Spieth is your winner this week. I knew it was coming. (laughs) Look, in terms of birdie or better percentage in that that sweet spot, I I said he's ranked ninth on tour. Um, He was hacking balls out of that rough at Oak Hill with no problem with that wrist. I'll just say that. I feel like... At the same token, he wasn't really in the mix at Oak Hill, so never really got a huge load. He obviously got to take the week off before the PGA. He's a little bit rested. He's going to a place where he is the number one all-time money leader at the Colonial. Uh, One more money there than anyone else as a former champion. This is the last chance he'll get on this specific layout before um, they get in and smash the place up and tear it apart for uh, a redo. Uh, I think that... Jordan Spieth's been toying with everyone and he's going to be a smash play this week. And he, I'll be stunned if he's not there come Sunday. This is unbelievable. You and I have to stop hanging out so much together. We hung out pretty much every <laughs> night last week. Um, for those who are new listeners to the pod, or if you need a reminder, you and I do not talk before the podcast. We kind of no. talk, with, hey, what time works for you? Okay, we'll record at that time. That's it. We don't talk about our plays. We don't look at each other's writing. We, we look, we don't want to know. I have on my card right here, Jordan Spieth as my favorite outright play. I wrote it in my preview at Action Network already. That's unbelievable that you and I have the same player for many of the same reasons you said. First of all, to use an injury term from another sport, he was questionable going into the PGA Championship with that wrist injury. He showed that it's not bothering him that much and it's getting better because he had descending scores. I think he went 73, 72, 71, 69. That's 69 in the final round. I was doing early round coverage on Sirius XM PGA Championship Radio over the weekend, and we were following Spieth and DJ. You think his wrist was hurting? He was out driving Dustin Johnson on a regular basis at Oak Hill. That's really impressive for a guy who's gained distance. Now, he doesn't necessarily need that distance this week, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Jordan's playing well. Um, He's got everything going in, in the right direction right now, and I'm going to defer to a mutual friend of ours. Uh, That radio that I was doing is being hosted by our friend, Fred Albers. Fred Albers, I will contend, has seen more of Jordan Spieth playing golf in person over the last decade than anyone not named Michael Greller or maybe (laughs) Sean or Chris Spieth, Jordan's parents. He has walked a lot of golf with Jordan. He told me, and this wasn't me asking for a pick, but he just said, Jordan's about to play some really good golf. It's coming for him. If it's good enough for Fred, it's good enough for me. Jordan Spieth, 14 to 1 this week. I love him outright at Colonial, a place where oh, all he's done in 10 starts is a win, three runner up finishes, a bunch of other top tens. He <laughs> loves this course. I can't believe 
So we've literally just been smashed by the same outright and we're going back to the world. But let's hope this is that Tony Finau week, right? Um, and as you said, like, it's up on my preview. That's that's my pick. It's up on yours. We don't look at each other's stuff beforehand. Um, we just get to, you know, we get the same numbers. We run the same analytics and we know the same guys. And I think this is where we do sometimes have that point of difference from other people is we were with these guys last week. Both of us spent yeah. time talking to them, walking with them, watching them. Um, and as I said, yeah, look, we, we talked Sungjae up before, but we then got late information that it might not be the case, just unlucky, um, you know, and, and I was still prepared to, to run with that. This week, I just couldn't find a reason not to like Jordan. I just can't find a reason not to like him. And, and, and I think he's 100% healthy. I think he's ready to go. Um, and he loves competing in Texas. If Jordan opens with an 80 this week, like Sanjay did, you and I might have to split up for a week. We, we yeah. might have to like literally not do the podcast together next week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but do it for us, Jordan. Don't leave us hanging. So uh, that is the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. Remember, you can find our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week during the entire PGA Tour season. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.